What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode is the Tuesday, October 11th, 2022 episode. Dolphins sitting at 3-2. and two. We're going to ask ourselves some questions about what kind of potential personnel decisions the Dolphins should be considering in the midst of this two-game losing streak. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today, we are kind of kind of looking backwards, but also kind of looking forwards. Uh, we are aspiring to identify some personnel tweaks that Miami should consider based on players that are available on the roster. And then, of course, the trade deadline is November 1st. So if you're going to make a move externally, you got a couple of weeks for your pro personnel scouting group to get it done. And I think with that in mind, the fact that we are three weeks away approximately from the trade deadline, it almost behooves you to try some stuff internally now, in my mind, because then you have a couple of weeks of evaluation of okay, this really isn't working. And let's be honest, there are some things on this Dolphins team that are not working. Um, there's explanations as to why. There's context as to uh, the struggles in a lot of cases. But to just continue forging on and not try to facilitate when you have some reasonable alternatives, in my mind, would be selling yourself short because, uh, yeah, you played week five with your third string quarterback, and uh, I'm sure everybody has seen by now, and I know several of the members of the Miami Dolphins beat have been looking for uh, the evidence of Teddy Bridgewater's uh, alleged stumble that he was flagged for by a concussion spotter on the very first play from scrimmage that he was flagged for and was not eligible to return to the game. Um, and, and we'll keep an eye on that storyline as well and and see what the league's uh statement is in regards to that decision to uh remove teddy bridgewater in the name of player safety but you certainly didn't plan on being down to skylar thompson and having one eligible quarterback healthy enough to play in week five those are tough circumstances to find yourselves in and it is what it is and you you can't dwell on it we have to move on right uh, Coach Mike McDaniel did yesterday in talking with the media say that uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, assuming he clears concussion protocol, would be able to practice on Thursday at the earliest in a non-contact setting. Uh, but he does need to clear concussion protocols in order to play against the Vikings. He also said to Itangavaloa as of yesterday uh, that they are still evaluating and reevaluating him every 12 to 24 hours. Uh, but at this point, he was, quote, not ready uh, to return to football activities. So I'm operating in the assumption that we're 
we're probably going to see Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, if the uh, injury incident that Teddy experienced against the Jets um, is as benign as it appeared to be and as they have made it seem just by the video evidence that we've seen and Teddy himself kind of flashing thumbs up a couple of times and uh, showing no concussion symptoms, then then I would assume Teddy will be available for the Dolphins on Sunday. Um, but that's not a go until it's a go. But even beyond that, you know, that's something you can't really control. It's It's injuries at the quarterback position. We're hopeful that we'll get Teddy Bridgewater back. Uh, but you look elsewhere across this roster, and I, I've got the depth chart up here. So if you see me looking off to the side, that's why. There are three problem spots offensively that on any given drive, in my mind, you can turn on. And if the Dolphins don't score points, you can point to three these three positions on the roster as the explanation why. That's a problem. Because two of the five are still up front on the offensive line. Of course, Toronto Armstead only played a handful of snaps versus the Jets. Uh, but left guard, right tackle, and tight end. And I know we mentioned them last week. We mentioned this position with Liam Eichenberg and Greg Little and the tight end position and the shortcomings of that group and the strengths and weaknesses of the players that are available to you. Tanner Connor playing offensive snaps this early in his career as a former wide receiver transitioning to tight end. It's tough. And and look, I get Durham Smythe had a hamstring injury. I get Hunter Long was inactive, even though he practiced last week. I know Seathan Carter's on concussion protocol. And I know Mike Gusecki really can't do it, if we're being honest. But we... If Hunter Long can't dress on Sunday against Minnesota and I am the Dolphins, I am looking to sign a street-free agent blocking tight end. They are about as unsexy of a skill position as you can find, but you can find them. And you need somebody, you need somebody who can play with his hand in the dirt and be more effective in securing blocks than what the Dolphins have. The running game, it will not hum until some of these blown assignments that are blown immediately are dismissed. And hey, credit to the Dolphins. They had a season high in rushing yards against the Jets, in part because they had to run the ball, right? Maybe we can build on that, and I'd like to think that you can build on that. But I also look at Greg Little, and we heard from Mike McDaniel yesterday that, that they are hoping that Austin Jackson uh, is practicing this week. And if that is the case, that is a personnel change that can upgrade the right tackle spot. And the Dolphins need it badly. So... Austin Jackson back in itself would be a huge win. Imagine hearing Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins say that in October of 2022, if I told you that would have been the case in August of 2022. But that's kind of the situation at right tackle. And if Austin Jackson can't come back and I'm the Dolphins, I'm kind of thinking hard about Robert Hunt playing right tackle and putting either Michael Dieter or Robert Jones in at right guard. We're at that point now. Um, and, and I have been about as staunch of a resistance to moving Robert Hunt uh, because he's playing phenomenal football at right guard. He's playing really, really good, guys. 
Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, and Teron Armstead have been as advertised. They're quality starting offensive linemen in the NFL at their respective positions. But you got a, a guy on the right side, and you got a guy on the left side, and they get a guy on the edge, and whoever the tight end is, who that's half the formula. It's a six-man blocking surface, and you got three guys where two out of three on any given play will hit. But getting all three of those guys on every play to, cons- to successfully secure their blocks is a really big challenge. And I look over at left guard and Liam Eikenberg, and I understand he's a second-year player. I understood he played tackle. But I have a really hard time right now not asking myself, okay, well, Michael Dieter's a fourth-year player. He's played about, started about 20 games in his NFL career. I think it's more than that. Yeah. He did 15 as a rookie, and then he started at center last year. Is Michael Dieter, does he not have some level of developmental upside? He's also on a rookie contract. And I understand, like, you don't want to take the L on the 2021 second-round pick that you traded up for because there was a run on offensive lineman happening. I understand that. But Liam is really struggling. Life on the inside is not treating Liam Eikenberg well. And you've got a guy who's a fringe starter in Michael Dieter, who if you play him at left guard, you don't have to worry about some of the protection call-outs and stuff like that because the center's handling protection calls in this offense. He lived at guard. Now, he took snaps at center guard and tackle at Wisconsin, but his best position was guard. I would be asking myself that question. And I know you're not going to find too many quality offensive linemen on the, on the trade block right here at the front end of, or at, at, in the middle of the season. But if I'm the Dolphins, I'm thinking about some of these changes. Austin Jackson hopefully is one that can happen, and that gives you flexibility. Whether that's Austin at left guard, and then we're, we're going to live at right tackle with what it is. If that's Austin at right tackle, and we're going to live with what we have at left guard. You want to really shake it up. But you got three pillars who are playing really well. And then you got two uh, who desperately need improved play. And one of them, you're getting a player back. That's good. But I would be asking myself, can I, can I find an adequate, can I find a quality depth player who can serve as an adequate short-term starter and bridge the gap? Because at this point, the, the ability of the entire offense to function is being compromised. Fall is chaos in your pants. You're overheating every second and freezing the next. I can confirm a, a big, I don't like hot legs. Be ready for anything. You need underwear that can handle everything. It's time for Tommy John underwear. Tommy John underwear, you're that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. Name a problem with other underwear and Tommy John's has solved it. Tommy John's breathable. Lightweight fabric has four times the stretch for competing brands. They've come with a no wedgie guarantee thanks to non-rolling waistband and legs that never ride up. Plus, they feature a horizontal quick draw fly. Hammock pouch support stops the awkward swing and slap, giving everybody something to be grateful for. With over 17 million pairs sold, people love Tommy John underwear. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Go to TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn right now for 20% off your first order. 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. That is TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. See site for details.
I would also, if I am the Dolphins, and I know this is this is a talking point that has been bemoaned at this point as well. Uh, but I would still be if the Dolphins did not field phone calls for Mike Gusecki, um, or they did not make phone calls and they instead fielded phone calls for Mike Gusecki this summer, I would maybe place a couple calls. Nine receptions for 101 yards in five games. Uh, lest we remember, this is an $11 million franchise tag. And if you can, if this is the, if this is what the usage is going to look like, Mike has had four targets in a game twice this year. He's had two targets and then one target twice this year. I mean, part of the reason Mike put up the numbers that he did last year was because he was targeted 112 times his career high. Through five games, Mike's been targeted 12 times. 12. Hey, great. 75% catch rate on your targets. His 1.8 yards per route run is two and a half yards less than what he posted last year, 4.3, and less than half a yard better than what he posted in his rookie season with Adam Gase. This production is nowhere near the financial commitment that you have to Mike. And listen, I understand we placed the franchise tag on Mike Gusecki before you traded for Tyreek Hill. And you signed Cedric Wilson to a free agent contract before you traded for Tyreek Hill. So I understand you made these personnel decisions with something in mind and then in out of this world opportunity came your way and you took it and you were smart for taking it. But the domino effect of how Tyreek Hill changes the outlook of your skill position and how he's going to rightfully warrant like 150 to 160 targets this year. How that spills down and I also understand and respect the fact that, you know, for the last couple of years, the Dolphins have incurred some injuries in the skill groups. And then you get to week 13, and you're like, dang, the Dolphins really don't have any pass catchers worth assault anymore right now. So I, I get it. But financially, if you can offload and save several million dollars against the cap, because Mike's getting a game check fully guaranteed every, after every game, and we got nine catches for 101 yards and one touchdown through five games. And he can't block. Man, it's a really tough, 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 tough pill to swallow right now. And again, I don't fault Mike for it. We all knew the questions that existed with what kind of system fit this would be. And I don't fault the Dolphins for initially tagging him with the intention of playing him and then. Tyreek Hill happens. Maybe the Dolphins got in here and kind of realized, oh, the market for Mike is not what we thought it was. It's going to be really hard to justify trading him now. But I would be revisiting every single one of those conversations. Because if you could open up a roster spot for a player who, quite frankly, you don't need a tight end right now that's going to get 80 targets. You don't. Not with the other weapons that you have at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. It can be a complete afterthought. 
you don't have George Kittle. Let's not pretend like we do. But you like you don't even have an O.J. Howard. What was ironic was O.J. Howard's cut by the Bills in roster cuts at the end of August. Receiving upside's not there, but the Duke can block his rear end off. He got signed by Houston. He ironically caught two touchdown passes in week one and has done nothing in the passing game since. But you can find those kinds of players lying around. And they'd have a unique value to the Dolphins because the players that the Dolphins have in that room right now do not exist. Defensively, things are, are a little tougher. Um... Because you look at the Dolphins and their struggles, and I know everybody looks at the statistical regressions and everybody's got a lot of questions, and it's like, yeah, the, the cornerback position is the straw that stirs the entire drink. It really is. And you, you played the Jets without Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Unfortunately, this is just a world that we're going to live in where if you have to play aggressive to try to get back into a game, you're probably going to get burned because you don't have the horsepower outside to live in that kind of world. I think the front, the pressure falls into the front to be something that they're not. Uh, and in, until the corner situation sorts itself out. And that's assuming the corner situation sorts itself out. And I think that's what's scary. And I think that's why we look at the November 1st trade deadline. I don't know that you're necessarily going to get a rock star corner that's available. But I'm also at the point now where I would open up a roster spot and I would cut the losses with Noah Ibanagi. We got to see Noah play defense for the first time in week five, and it was not good. And I understand this is a first-round pick. I understand it's going to be bad. But him going out there and playing poorly is not going to help the situation either. And I don't know that you get anything for Noah, but that roster spot that's being occupied by Noah when you could potentially go sign a veteran street free agent corner who you know has better tape on his resume and might not athletically be the same thing anymore. Noah's a great athlete, but Noah doesn't play as a good functional athlete because his instincts aren't there. And that for me is kind of the crux of all of these things that we're talking about right now, in some way, kind of come back to at some point, it's probably beneficial for you to cut your losses. You know, and, and Lee Meikenberg, we're really trying to make Lee Meikenberg work at left guard because we traded up and got him in the second round and he's a second year player. Yeah, well, he got yanked around last year and played three different spots. And now he's playing an unnatural position. And it shows. Meanwhile, on the other side of the field, Elijah Vera Tucker for the New York Jets played guard and he played tackle at USC and he played left guard all year last year. And then they signed Lakin Tomlinson. So they moved him to right guard and then they've had three tackle injuries. So they moved him to left tackle in week four. Then Dwayne Brown came back from IR and they moved him to right tackle in week five against the Dolphins. And he's kicked butt at every single spot. The Dolphins are out of the window as a team where giving the benefit of the doubt and tolerating suboptimal play for an extended period of time because you're a young player, like, it can't happen. The Dolphins are expecting to win football games. And if the Dolphins are going to deal with these extended injuries at the quarterback position, you have to run the ball. You have to. And you have to run the ball at a clip like the San Francisco 49ers have. And we have yet to see that. Now, we saw some flashes of that against the Jets. 
Hopefully, we'll continue to see that in the weeks to come. And hopefully, your quarterback will get healthy, and then you can actually have a more balanced offense in general. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, needs, props, odds, lines, player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, you name it. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. I certainly wouldn't say we're at a tipping point, but we are at a point now where we need to start asking the questions. And we need to ask ourselves some hard questions, and we probably need to try a few things to reignite and re-spark. And it's a rookie coach, first year with the system, there's going to be growing pains. Of course, that wasn't the expectation when the Dolphins came out firing at 3-0. You've hit some adversity now. You're going to have to probably change the way you approach some things until you're healthy. That probably includes personnel decisions. And if you need to make heavy personnel decisions, if you need to trade some day three picks to get some role players in here, now's the time to figure that out by making other changes and seeing what you've got. Because the Dolphins, when they're healthy, as they've shown us, are a dangerous and potent team. But we don't know how soon it will be until they are healthy and dangerous again. So we need to survive this window but you need to probably get a little creative in order for that to happen. I'm Kyle Krabs. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks for listening.